Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Peter Serretta and his website Slash Film recently broke some of the biggest Star Wars news of the year with their scoop that Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka Tano in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. We go behind the scenes on how such a scoop is discovered, vetted, and the questions asked before publishing. Also, we get a tantalizing hint at some even bigger The Mandalorian casting news that Peter is working on. (laughs) You're having way too much fun proposing these situations. Oh, it's so good. Because I like to do this to you on Twitter. And now I get to do it, like, in voice form. And it's way easier. My hands are free. They can do what they want. They're not busy typing. Uh, It it normally ends with Peter just, like, going, I'm going to bed now. (laughs) I I, I, I will tease this, that I am working on another Mandalorian scoop, which I think might be bigger than the Ahsoka one. But uh, I've yet to completely nail it down. So I'm, I'm still working on it. Dash Render. (laughs) <laughs> Plus, we chat about how documenting his 50-plus visits to Galaxy's Edge has earned him over 100,000 subscriptions on YouTube, the best-made Star Wars films, the state of action figures, and so much more. This is Steel Wars Episode 236, Peter Serretta, Scoopin' Ahsoka. guys welcome to steel wars i am steel saunders and i do love star wars and each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with and this week over the the wonders of skype the the ironic use of skype here because i used to see this guy walking around town he is a close neighbor and we're also neighbors on the internet you may have seen our tweets on top of each other. It is from Slash Film, Peter Serretta. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm sorry you couldn't find anybody interesting this week, but I'm, I'm glad to fill in. Oh, come on, Peter. <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't get all coy. Be your best self. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love doing interviews face-to-face with people. So I find it so bizarre that you're like you're just over there. Like uh, just a few streets over, so I'm 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 actually waving to you. I'm not sure if you can see, but I actually was, did have my hand up then and was waving. What sort of uh, what sort of Star Wars action have you been hitting, if any, during this um, strange time to keep yourself interested? I mean, I like probably you. You know, I, I got the Rise of Skywalker when the digital release hit early. And I immediately took to the Skywalker Legacy documentary, which is just incredible. Um, I, I know that we don't see eye, completely eye to eye on that movie, but have you seen that documentary? I have not. And, and, and like, you've got to spice up these. Like, let's, we don't see saber to saber. Come on. This is a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I'm going stir crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't. 
But I have seen several thousand tweets about it. So well, you, you should see it. It is a fantastic piece of documentary filmmaking. Not only does it give you like a perspective and an honest perspective of how like you know things are being created on the fly and and how much work goes into some of this stuff that it, it turns up on screen, but also the filmmaker who's responsible for this like did a great job of was intercutting footage from the behind the scenes of the original trilogy alongside moments of the making of this film so it kind of like sort of like draws a parallel of like you know we're repeating ourselves <laughs> years later with the with different people doing the same things which yeah. i guess could be made as a criticism but i think that's what a lot of star wars is as a whole anyways you you might say it's like poetry it rhymes <laughs> yes I, I i coined that so um <laughs> Just, just so you know, if you use it in any of your articles. <laughs> hey, I, I did get to watch like maybe like the first five minutes of it and I was impressed with like behind the scenes sort of like raw footage that I wasn't, you know, it's not from the usual promo package. Like they were quite, like some of the Tatooine ones were just like, what an interesting angle. Oh yeah, like in the beginning of the the documentary, I think they have like some fans waiting outside of set. And mm. I, I've never I've never seen that before. Uh huh. I feel like I've seen everything, but there's there's still stuff to mine in that like Lucasfilm vault at on Skywalker Ranch that we apparently have not seen. Yeah, I um. Have you ever been out there to Buttercup Valley? I have been. You know when they did the clone wars and they did the, the feature film release of the first couple episodes. I'm aware of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which I think is also called star Wars, the clone wars, which doesn't make it confusing whatsoever. Uh, right. I- is it the same name? I think it is. I don't know. I think people just call it the clone wars movie. The clone but... wars movie. Okay. But I'm just saying like, it's the same title. It's confusing. Anyways. Uh, I did get invited to go out there to Big Rock Ranch, which is where they did their animation stuff, but wasn't uh, Skywalker. So I've never been to Skywalker, but I have been to one of the ranches. Ah, but this wasn't a ranch where they were. This was like just in Buttercup Valley. It's like a national park. Oh, no, I haven't been out there, no. Yeah, where, no, the, no, no. where the sail barge was, um, that's where they were sort of looking over the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went out there, and it's it's moving. Like, because you're on Tatooine. You can't see anything but sand dunes. And it just, it, it, it like, connects with some synapsis at the back of your brain. And it's just like, ah, I'm in Star Wars. This is amazing. I feel exactly like... Like Han and Luke on the skiff. Dunes everywhere, Peter. As far as the eye can see. I guess the question is, how far away is this? And can I can I go there without still keeping my social distancing? I think it'd be a great place to do some distancing, just quietly. Um, <laughs> the um, Interestingly enough, when they talk about how long it takes to get eaten in the Sarlacc, I always picture them sort of stuck in there, like, talking to each other. I'm not sure if it's like a robot chicken sketch that I've, um, pretending is my imagination or not. But anyway. Um, but you can get out there. We pay the lady to, um, drive us out on, like, one of those dune buggies. And it's a dune buggy hotspot, right? And oh. one, of, one of the issues they had in Return of the Jedi was trying to get the dune buggies not in shot, 
But there's this mountain that, like, if you want to be King June Buggy guy for the day, you've got to make it to the top. And all the other June Buggies sort of sit at the bottom <laughs> and watch. It's um, it's pretty crazy. But we actually found, you're not going to believe this, parts of the Sarlacc. No, no way. Foam. Like, they just buried it. It was it was the eighties. How, how do you know that it was parts of the Sarlacc? Because exactly where we worked out where they did the scene, they, you just started finding debris, and people like in the nineties found like major bits. But I'm talking like you know, like the size of a mouse sort of bits mm. of like painted foam, pink like painted pink foam, and lots of screws and some two by fours, like you. Yeah, it's um, it was it was so good. Here's the question: Did you take it home or did you leave it, <laughs> Peter? <laughs> Peter, listen. Yeah? If it's against some sort of national park law, <laughs> then I can tell you, I certainly did not. <laughs> but if it wasn't part of some law, I would probably, if it was legal, fill up a um, a large container with the sand, pour it in a fish tank, and then set up my Lego sail barge and skiff set in said fish tank for maximum um, realism. Wow. If it was legal. But who knows if it is. This is if, it, if it was legal, you should... Post that on Instagram. I, I I would have to post it on the dark net. I think <laughs> you've got me. You've got me concerned. But so you were from Slash Film, which is a uh, an entertainment coverage website. Is that is that? Do you, do you do TV? Yeah, we do TV. We do comics. We do some video games. Sometimes we. Oh yeah, you did the Watchmen every week. I, you yeah. Know when you listen to something and you're like, "Do they talk about this?" Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you've got a uh, a, a really informative, well uh, well rounded podcast slash film daily, which I enjoy. I especially enjoy it when you talk about Star Wars, because <laughs> your other journalists are some of them are a bit more afar, so they sort of cover it a bit more coldly, like yeah. not, not as, um, you know, so like Fanny, it's sort of just like another, like another big franchise, which I, I, I like that, um, like that angle. Cause I, you know, <laughs> it's hard to imagine, right? Like that people are not as invested as we are. It's, you know, I, the, the fact that you can put up with them is, um, on a daily basis is, uh, pretty incredible. And, we should get to this up top. What slash film um, recently for a lot of Star Wars fans, it might be what you're known for at the moment that you broke the story that Ahsoka was going to be in season two of the Mandalorian. Is that your Star Wars scoop claim to fame, Peter? That might be the biggest one. We, we did uh, before, Rogue One was announced. We did. We were the ones that broke that it was about the the heist for the Death Star plan. So we we did break that. So that might be. I don't know. What do you think is bigger? I think this is bigger because this is a fan favorite character. Maybe, although that involved the Death Star. 
I don't know. <laughs> so at this time in Rogue One, where was this in? So this is before Celebration Anaheim. This I would have to look up what the actual date was, but I think we just knew that it was Gareth Edwards. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it was before it was announced as a title. I think because at Celebration they showed right. that that animation of the Tie Fighter and going up to the Death Star. Yes, it was definitely before that. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I'm not even sure how to search this because it might have not even been called Rogue One at the time that we reported that untitled Rogue One film. It was called at the time. Uh, untitled Rogue One film. Yes, that's my um, still sour grapes about <laughs> having to read untitled Han Solo film, and then uh, hey, yeah. untitled Han Solo film's got a title. Guys, gather around. Solo. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it surveyed well. Oh, and it, it was called Rogue One at the time. We... Oh, wait, no. I don't know. Because I think we knew it was called Rogue One, and then people were speculating it was about Rogue Squadron. Here it is. No, it wasn't called Rogue One. I reported this on uh, November 24th, 2014... And uh, recently we learned a juicy rumor about the plot to Gareth Edwards and Gary Witta's 2016 Star Wars spinoff movie. So so we did not know it was Rogue One when we reported it. And so the report, it's about the heist. Yeah. Okay. What's the process in breaking something like that? Because you are like, when you post something, Peter... And even, like, <laughs> actually, I was looking, I was going to make up an example, but I'm like, no, let's just go with what happened. You post something that that Rosario Dawson's going to be playing Ahsoka in The Mandalorian Season 2. Like, to the common man, that sounds pretty far-fetched. Like, that, that's, that's <laughs> like, uh, we got this style scoop. Um, yeah, we got this covered. Oh, 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 you know, in all all respect, I'm just jealous because you, you've you've got it. Yeah, I wish I had it, man, but I don't. It's just the whole website's like attacking me personally. All right, get it. I don't have it. That's my website. Don't have it. Um, <laughs> like, what's the what's the vetting process? Because you 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 want to you don't want to end up on um the the dreaded film clickbait retweet. Yeah, we. I think we have a very good history. I don't think we've ever reported something exclusively that, you know, we were the original source for that turned out to be not true, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been around for 15 years now. So we we have a lot of credibility in that, uh, you know, I, I take that responsibility on pretty heavily. Like, I know a lot of websites out there, if they get one good source, they might report something as a rumor. And this is not to criticize any of those sites because I'm friends with many of those people. Here we go. And you you know, you need to take like, especially when you are a smaller site there, there are times where, you know, the bigger guy could get it and you need to be the first to, to, to get it up on online. And if you trust your source, you, you need to go for it. But, um, what happened with this scoop 
is uh, about a month and a half ago, I was contacted by someone who's going to remain nameless and told me... Meet actually, me in the park. Wear a trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, yeah. And uh, you meet in the park. And I'll be in the Her the Universe dress. Yeah, this is this is uh, when you could still meet in the park and not be you know six feet away from you. Ah, simpler times. Yeah, and uh, they told me that uh, I know for a fact that Michael Bean and Rosario Dawson have been cast in The Mandalorian, and I hear they're playing bounty hunters. So uh, we went we went back to the office. I uh, we we called Bean and uh, Dawson's. Um, their their reps. I emailed Disney and Lucasfilm. Uh, none of them <laughs> responded. Um, I started reaching out to friends and people I know who might know things. Uh, but you know, all right, can can I stop you there? Right. So, yeah. So, so you, you you've got this potential scoop, and then you email someone and they don't reply. What's it like when you see them next? <laughs> That's a good question because usually. That, that that was my biggest concern here, Steele. Like this, this is um. Well, first of all, actually, before we get to that, let, let, let me just go quickly through the story. Then I'll, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so I knew Rosario Dawson and Michael Bean were in this. Uh, I had a really good source who I believed, but I needed a second source because that is responsible journalism. And uh, you can't just go out to people and be like, you know, do you know if Michael Bean isn't, you know, whatever. You need to find someone that can collaborate, uh, corroborate that uh, independently of you telling them what you're looking for. And to any budding YouTubers out there, two separate voices in your head, they don't count. We need <laughs> we need outside voices. All right. So let's just yeah. continue. But I just want to clarify. And on top of that, we should say that, like, these aren't just random people that email me or something like I know who they are and how they're connected to things. S. Spielberg at Hotmail. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Spielberg has a Hotmail email because most of the filmmakers I've ever talked to have like an AOL email or like they're very low tech in that way. But anyways. um, Most of the models I date online just don't have a camera at home. (laughs) So odd. Um, Charlize. Have you also noticed that, like, most of the directors that post, like, when they, they have Instagram accounts, they post photos, like, they're the worst, like, framed and shot photos? Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I seem to find that, like, and it, that always shocks me that, like, because I would think that if a filmmaker would have a good eye, I don't know. Okay, anyways. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought, and, and, and this might be contentious for you, Peter. I know how yeah. you feel. But um, I thought the Ryan Johnson photos he posts are always pretty good. He he is very good. He's a good photographer. Um, okay. That he yeah, he's definitely outside that rule. I, I, I was I was all of a sudden worried. I was blinded by the glow. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, okay, okay. Uh, Andy's a really big photographer because I go to um, Sammy's camera and the guy there that I'm always like working to buy like lenses and stuff like that. That is always like, oh, Ryan wasn't here last week. And he's always telling me about Ryan being there. So Ryan's always at the and Sammy's is like a you know, hardcore photographer place. Um, so if you want like camera gear and stuff like that, that's the place you go in LA. Um, okay. Anyways, back to the story because that's not interesting. Sammy's.com. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the, um, 
so I was working this for a little bit for a couple weeks, just talking to people. I couldn't get information off any, like I couldn't find any corroborating information, no matter who I talked to, any road I went down. And then what tends to happen is like when you've kind of given up on something, someone contacts you and is like, Hey, did you know, um, so uh, did, did you know that Rosario Dawson is in Mandalorian? And I was like, thank God you finally confirmed the scoop. Uh, and then the person's like, do, do you, do you know that she's playing Ahsoka? And like, then you're like, oh my God, I have a much bigger scoop <laughs> than, than I ever thought. I, and who doesn't I love have. a much bigger scoop? Yes. Um, so then we worked for a couple weeks, uh, 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 you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, emailing Lucasfilm. I emailed them. I want to say three days in a row, both of uh, the publicists there who I'm good friends with both of them. I've gotten tours of Lucasfilm by by both of the publicists. I love them. Uh, they are genuinely great people, um, but they would not even return my emails. <laughs> so so I DM them on Twitter and they didn't return my DMs. And uh, I was starting to think like, you know, the thing I was worried about here is is what if this is like some kind of big reveal and like the the end of the you know the season like we saw Dave Filoni like you know that photo he tweeted out or someone tweeted out of like the the slate and it was like mm-hmm. saying announcing the wrap of production of season two and it had Filoni as director on there and I'm like if he's we don't know if he directed the last episode but you know he definitely directed one of the last shots it seems. Um, so if he's directing, maybe this is some kind of like, you know, big reveal in that episode at the end, kind of like the, uh, the thing at the end of season one, are there spoilers on this? I don't know. Nah, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I, I definitely wasn't looking them out, but can, can we just, I just want to pause in where the story is. Yes. A year prior, say, you get two people telling you that the point of the Mandalorian is that he has to look after a baby Yoda. What yeah, do that, you do? Um, true story. About six months before Mandalorian, I was told that the story was about a bounty hunter who had to take care of a child and it was Lone Wolf and Cub. I, I was not told that it was of Yoda's species, and um, I was not uh, never never able to confirm it before it came out, so I, I never reported it. So I, I actually I, I actually had that scenario. Well, I had heard of the bounty hunter ha- having to look after a child, and I'd also heard I, I think um, Jason may have done it. I'm not sure from making Star Wars, but that there were going to be Yodas in it. Yes, I had heard both of those things. Correct. So, um, but but just say what if, because you know, as you brought up, which I was thinking about, like, what if this is like that big surprise that there was at the start of the 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 season in season one is going to be at the end of the season in season two, and it is Ahsoka, and it's this massive surprise, and it's going to be the biggest thing, like. <laughs> This is trouble because on one hand, uh, I own this website. We make our money off 
advertising views or advertising, you know, when advertisers, uh, when ads show up on the website. And if more people come to the website, we make more money, which uh, is why you see a lot of people clickbaiting and making stuff up because that that's how they choose to be unethical and make their money. But um, so on one hand, I want to publish the story that is a great story that people are going to click on and people are going to come to the website and that's going to uh make us profitable for the month um on the other hand i'm a person who cares about star wars i don't want to spoil anything for anybody i as much as i love spoilers and i love reading spoilers and consuming stuff i don't want to spoil people who don't want to be spoiled i i'm totally respectful of of people so that's why i was emailing lucasfilm is I, I, don't, I don't mean to put, paint them in a bad light because in, in the past when we've gotten Star Wars scooped and emailed them, usually they respond, you know we can't respond to rumors. It's usually the, the, the response I get back. But I usually get a response back. Um, this time I didn't get any response back. And I was kind of like emailing again. I was like, are you sure? Like, you know, maybe we could set something up with Dave. I was basically kind of suggesting, and this has happened in the past with other stories uh, in other areas of the movie universe uh that we had gotten a scoop and then a studio is like you know that's a big spoiler for you know so and so can we can we have you hold off on that and then like we'll give you a one-on-one exclusive interview with you know dave filoni the day you know the day it comes out you know i'm, I'm making ah, up a scenario here and, and, and that's um, how you get on the set of guardians of the galaxy <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe. No, no, it, it, that's not how it happened. Um, but th- that stuff happens all the time where you will trade off something to help protect. You know, you don't want to ruin stuff for people, but there's, you know, a trade off. And like studios will generally work with you. Lucasfilm notoriously does not want to comment on rumors because there's such a vicious rumor mill and they can't like debunk everything. And some of it's actually true. Um, so I, I so, totally so, understand so, that. So, so how about this, right? Yeah. They email back and they say, hey, this is our big surprise for the end of season two. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well... <laughs> Uh, well, I'd be like, is there anything we can do? Like, can, can I? We don't negotiate. We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> We're just telling you it will be. It'll be you that spoils this. The other problem here is that fans have been campaigning to have Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. So, and she has commented on it and she said it in Good Morning America. So if they had said that back to me, normally my, my response still would be, well, how about this? How about I report that uh, Rosario Dawson's caught cast in Star Wars and you give me exclusive the day the episode airs, you know, talking to Dave Filoni or something like that. They go, they go, nah. What? They go, nah, nah. 
Just don't tell anyone. You'll wreck it. Yeah, that, that I will not tell anybody, but I will tell. Uh, but I will report that Rosario Dawson has been cast as a bounty hunter. Right. Okay. So I, I get to cat, but but the problem there is people. There's already like a question mark of her and Ahsoka, so like that can't be possible. So I don't know. I don't know what the response is to that. Hmm. <laughs> what would you do? I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, there, there, there's also the problem here. But, but, that... I, I, I feel like it's almost unfair for me to comment because, like, my standard of living is not affected by this. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you, like yeah. when just say, like, a band or an, you know, someone does an, an actor is in something that you don't like. It's like I would never do that. I want to sell out. It's like, hey, man, like. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game. So I can't, like, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta, got to eat, mate. You know, I don't want to be a dick, and I don't want to spoil this thing for people. So I'm I'm playing ball with Disney to, to try to ensure that I'm not in that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it, it, it's weird because sometimes I think people watching it all go down on podcasts or on YouTube, Twitter, whatever. They're all it's it's it, they're all sort of like pro, like you and and Disney and Bob Iger, like they're, <laughs> they're all like pro wrestling characters. Like, it, oh it's, yeah, and, and then we get checks, we get monthly checks from Disney paying oh, us to but, like Marvel and Star Wars, but not even like that. That you know, people want to think. That if someone gives like a Disney film a bad review, that they're now like enemies. Like it, it, it's it, it's so. I, I feel like people have such a dramatized version that that does not happen. Yeah, like all. how they, much they do not a, care. Yeah, like attention they 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 give to that. I've found they're far more sensitive to the leaking of information hmm. rather than the 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 reviewing of it. Not 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 personally. Yeah. I have associates. I mean, I knew a lot of what was happening in the last Star Wars movie before that came up and before it was completely spoiled by your associates and Reddit. Um, okay, so but, so, so but, but how do you work it out right? Ahsoka's going to be in The Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and, and I know that you knew that the Death Star wreckage was in it before... It was out. Yeah. So what? What? How do you decide what's? What also, you... there was a time I think like a year or so ago. No, maybe six months ago. No, no, no. You actually, it was probably at the end of 2018. You contacted me, and you were you said that you were doing a a thing where you're getting people to predict what was going to happen in Star Wars this year. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I took that opportunity at that time to jokingly uh, say that th- that Star Wars Episode Nine, which I don't think we knew the title at the time. I don't know. Who knows? No, we, no uh, we, didn't. we didn't. Yeah, and I said that it was going to open with a lightsaber fight between Luke and Leia. And you laughed at me and we were like, really? Or something like that. I'm not sure if you ever talked about this on the podcast or not. Did you ever do do anything with this information? Well, that episode went to air, yeah, and and and, and we are a bit on delay due to um, the weird year we're having. But we 
we are set in the next coming weeks. We're going to take the time to do the prediction review episode. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I thought I was, my prediction was, should be called Ray Skywalker by the end of the film. Not that they'd be related, but that would be. So I thought I was like, oh, I, I feel like I've won. But I feel like um, that, because it's all about who makes the best prediction. Yeah. And your one, well, you got laughed off the podcast, Peter. <laughs> well, but at the time it was technically true and it was information I knew, but I, I, I thought it was so ridiculous that saying that in a prediction would be funny because everybody would make fun of me because that was originally how Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker was going to begin was with that, with that um, flashback scene to Luke training Leia on a, uh, where is that on uh, uh not Dagobah. Um oh. Endor. Endor? No, it I don't wasn't, know. I think it was not Endor. Wasn't? I don't know. Wh- wherever it was, it was originally the sh- the scene like actually they did a making of piece that I think they put up and you get to see a lot more of it where the camera like fought like it would have the I'm not sure if people have talked about this online. This might not even be in the Reddit leaks and stuff like that. But oh, the here we go. The, st- the Star Wars scroll was going to leave the screen and then the camera was going to pan down from space and then you'd see that planet whatever it was if it was Endor or whatever and then the camera would go zooming into the planet like falling down through the trees and then it would catch this this action scene as it's happening as Luke's like having this lightsaber battle with Leia oh my god and it was like this long I don't know how long maybe like two minute sequence of like a one shot it was all presented in one shot and it ends with uh you know, her mask coming up like it does later in the movie. Now it's now cut and put later in the movie, but it was all like this one huge take and stuff. And that was how the movie was going to start. Um, but I don't think from what I understand that, that, um, JJ Abrams was happy with how the CG looked and he didn't want to lead with bad CG. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, um, a pretty easy, jump to make it, it, i sort of i find it frustrating but it, you know it might be because of the cg i just wish you'd seen their faces before you saw them fight like you know it's them so then you can enjoy their fighting whereas the way it plays out it's like oh who are these people fighting i like i didn't click it was them and then at the end you're like ah, oh, it's luke and leia if i saw the yeah. faces first then when they were fighting i'd be like huh Luke and Leia. <laughs> Whereas the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, well, next time I watch this, I'll, I'll watch out for that. But um, just uh, I, I've watched this film too closely, Peter. I've watched it in little micro portions for a podcasting project where I've, I've been scoring each DVD chapter. Oh, really? Yes, because my theory is that whilst... Like, there's something that happens in the film that that I really don't like. I do enjoy other parts of the film quite a bit. So I thought by mathematically scoring it uh, chapter by chapter, it would um, produce a a, perhaps a different result. And if Hmm. the sum of the parts equaled the score or something like that. I don't know. But that's what I'm doing. So, um, so, so, So Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, sh- should I report it if I knew about it? Yeah. 
See, this is tough because a lot of know- clicks, buddy. A lot of clicks. Hey, that doggy, it needs but some we, chow. We hey? know what we know about Baby Yoda now, and we know what you know that they didn't they didn't report on. They didn't like make toys. They lost out on a lot of money to preserve that secret. Uh, we know what Baby Yoda looks like and how cute he is or she is. We don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if that information would have been as clicky as you think it would have been before we saw Baby Yoda. Do you know what I mean? Do you think what would get more clicks? It, it, it would have still been a big story, but it wouldn't. I, I don't think be, what we know of what Baby Yoda is now, what we would think a Baby Yoda is then would be as exciting. What will get more clicks, in your opinion? Revealing before the Mandalorian comes out that Baby Yoda's going to be in it. Yoju, if you will. Yeah. Or getting the exclusive scoop on the merchandise that you could post seven days after the first episode. Oh, that's interesting. So I would have images of the merchandise? Yes. I, I think that. I think that would do better. Images and video always do better than like a news or like a, you know, people can easily, well, I guess people can easily retweet images too, but people click through to see images. Do you know what I mean? What about this then? (laughs) That Ahsoka is going to be in the Mandalorian or here's the Ahsoka merch from the Mandalorian. (sighs) I think Ahsoka being in the Mandalorian is bigger. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> you're having way too much fun proposing these situations oh it's so good because i like to do this to you on twitter and now i get to do it like in voice form and it's way easier my hands are free they can do what they want they're not busy uh, typing it, it normally ends with peter just like going i'm going to bed now <laughs> I, I i i will tease this that i am working on another mandalorian scoop which oh. i think might be bigger than the ahsoka one but uh, I've yet to completely nail it down, so I'm, I'm still working on it. Dash render, yes. <laughs> I Who knows? maybe I am very supportive of the return of Dash render. Just do it. Just have some fun. Chuck him in there. Why? Why do you like Dash render somewhere? Because he he was there to hug me with his puffy vest in the nineties. So I'm going to return some love to him. I'm not just letting him go. See, everyone, you know, now, now, I oh, so no, oh, Han Solo ripoff. But back then, that gun that folded over on the figure, the best. The Outrider, killing it. Yeah. How soon we forget who was there in the Toys R Us aisle in 96. Eh? Yeah. Pretty worked up about this, Peter. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the episode so far, the easiest way you can support the podcast is by simply spreading the word. Give us a retweet on Twitter or a share on Facebook. Tell a friend, get us a new listener, and you have done us one hell of a favor. And growing the audience keeps the podcast thriving, so you're serving yourself up more and more sweet, sweet content. The latest episode is normally pinned to the top of our Facebook and Twitter feeds, making for an easy share. Your support is so appreciated. And now, back to that show. 
by the way, how 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 bad are action figures now? Like, there's so many characters that they could be making action figures for Star Wars, and like they don't exist. Like, so many Clone Wars characters, so many. Like, I have this droid shell. Like, I have a shelf of like all the droids from the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy to even some from the prequel trilogy, and like I can't even find a good like L three. Like I, I don't like. How is that possible? She's like one of the main characters in Solo. Well, Ben Solo. I don't know. It's so bizarre. I just feel like they're operating on the wrong paradigm. Like, I feel like they should just make the distribution smaller or something and then overdo that rather than have it so thinned out in these giant stores. Um, because I just, have so because much I, I just feel like the, the people that are there buying the figures would actually, they've got more, more, more money to spend. Like, they want to buy more stuff. Like, the, I think there's less people that want to buy figures, but then when you've got a shrinking market, but they want more stuff, you, you kind of got to sort of change the production economics, like make less of each. And yeah, I was hoping they were going to do that with that, like Kickstarter thing that they started. Yeah. But... Go, you know, direct to market. Like it's, you know, and, and that normally hurts stores, but the only places that are stocking them now anyway is like, like, Oh, it's going to hurt Walmart. That's Wow. <laughs> like I don't know how. I hope they. I hope they'll continue. But do you have a nostalgia for? I remember when like the Phantom Menace was coming out. I would go to uh, toy, Toys R Us to Toys R Us. We'd I'd drive around with my friends, like looking for particular like action figures, and there would be like these walls of Phantom Menace toys of characters who. I think if you said the name to me of some of these characters now, I still wouldn't know who they were in the movie. <laughs> But they all got their own action figures, and it was so exciting. I always watch stuff now and go, oh, if this was the 90s, he'd have a figure. He'd have <laughs> a figure. Like, you just would. Um, it, I do remember the, when The Phantom Menace came out, the big department store in uh, Melbourne, Maya, they opened a Star Wars shop, and they had, like, one wall of this retail space was just pegs with Rick Ollie's. As far as the eye can see, they've been stripped bare of any other character. It, how how did it go from being that popular to now like there's shelves with um, you know Constable Zuvio on them? Well, I think <laughs> the same thing that happened straight after the Phantom Menace, not as extreme, but. You know, the first film back, you know, Force Awakens, Phantom Menace, everyone was so amped. Let's buy, buy, buy. Everything's new, new. Like, this is like the new, new Stormtrooper. Not like the, the you know, like the Sith Trooper. It's like, oh, that's so painted red. Cool, man. That's great. But like when that Force Awakens Stormtrooper got released, it was, it was no hotter toy in the world at Comic-Con. And um, then... Like, something happens that the fans... That, that, that a, a large part of the fans aren't into. And, you know, for a lot of fans, it was the Phantom Menace. And then the rollout for Attack of the Clones was a lot smaller. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like... 
that you know the hype for the uh, the Last Jedi was you know lower than the Force Awakens, but then because like a, 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 like admittedly large group of people, how large I don't know, didn't like that, then you know they were turned off buying stuff like the Phantom Menace, you know, and 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 right or wrong, whether you like it or not, you know, I, I think you can't argue that with both movies, a, a, a portion of the fan base saw it and went, I don't like this. And so it's contracted. And just toys. like. But if you go to the toy aisle, Peter, like you look at wrestling, Marvel, DC, like th- there's no one that's got like major peg space. Everyone's got like their three little rows. And then, yeah. and then let's move on to the next. But it's three rows of the same toy and then... And then uh, you get, you know, the random, like, uh, peg of DJs from Last Jedi that no one wants. Oh, and that's something. It's like, <laughs> you've got to bring out these characters before the movie comes out. Yeah. Dead characters. It's why they didn't release a Tarkin in the kennel line, is because they thought no one would want a dead character. Hmm. Let's go way back, Peter. Tell us, tell us your first memory of Star Wars, buddy. <sighs> You know, I don't I don't know what my first memory of Star Wars was. I know as a kid, I used to watch Return of the Jedi on like repeat on my VHS tapes and I I had like all the figures and uh I I was born in 1980, so I was probably of the right age that Return of the Jedi was the one that hit with me. I didn't I'm not sure if I saw that in the theaters. I probably didn't. Um but I knew I had all the Ewoks. I loved Ewoks. I always wanted the Ewok playset, the you know the whole treehouse. Never got it. One of the best. One of the yeah. best. Um, and uh, I think you know as I got older, you know Empire Strikes Back became my favorite, even though uh, I still have a love for Return of the Jedi. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I mean that it, that's kind of the. I feel like that's the same story you probably hear often, maybe. Um, no, there's a, there's a, there's a mix. There's a mix, you know, like a, a, a lot of people like me, they were return of the Jedi age. And it's just like, that's the juice. Like <laughs> that's the best one. I don't actually think it's the best one, but, um, it's my favorite. Hey, I was talking about this with, um, with whores, my friend on our <laughs> other podcast out of, the three trilogies, regardless of what you think of the film, the story, what's the best made one of each of the trilogies? The the best made film? Yes. The best constructed film? Okay, well, I think that's easy. I think for, for the sequel trilogy, I think the best made film is The Last Jedi. Um any of my problems with that film or most of my problems with that film. Uh, and I'm a person who likes the movie, but I have criticism, um, have to do with it, not fitting, uh, a three arc structure or a nine act structure (laughs) or it not feeling like a star Wars movie. But I think as a film, it is the best made by far of the three. Um, of the original trilogy, I would say Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the easy answer, right? Like they had the that was 
not only do you have the enough money to make it well, like it, a, a, a New Hope is a great movie, but you definitely feel them striving from their creative uh, constraints. <laughs> and George Lucas is not uh, the best director. <laughs> uh, out of the, uh, the, uh, the prequel trilogy, I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a prequel guy, a prequel trilogy guy, but I by far love Phantom Menace the most. And I'm, I'm guessing I would say that that's the best made. Maybe also because like the two other films were made like uh, with digital cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Where the where Phantom Menace was still shot on film and didn't have that like early digital camera look to it that really bothers me mm. and also had originally had a uh puppet yoda and stuff like that um yeah I, I i would say phantom menace for sure do you think i picked the same ones or exactly opposite i i know for a fact you'd say last jedi i know for a fact you'd say empire strikes back i don't know what you'd say for the prequel Film. Phantom Menace. Okay. So we were dead on. I feel so vindicated. <laughs> Phantom Menace is by far the be- best film of that trilogy, in my opinion. Like, you have The Duel of the Fates, which is probably the best theme ever created for Star Wars, right? The best yeah. Um, and then you got uh, one of the best lightsaber battles of the entire franchise. Um, I tell you when it's at its very best is once um, Qui-Gon gets a little bit of action to the chest. Yeah. Obi-Wan and Maul, they just just go at it. Yeah, no, that's great. The the pod racing sequence, like, it's a little long, but it is amazing. And if you have, like, a surround sound system, I still show that that sequence, like, to to impress people with the surround sound system and be like – Look at what kind of system I have. Like that is just such a great uh, made. Like you can tell every single piece of that has been storyboarded and animatic'd out, and it's just like so well done. Even though it's kind of like, I guess, like you know, a cinematic version of Wacky Races or something. Yes, Wacky Races. It's yeah. always a, that, 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 that cartoon always bugged me because it didn't have toys related. To it, so I was just like, nah, I just want to watch toy commercials, thanks. So, um, <laughs> step off. But, um, a lot of fans would sort of they go with, um, uh, Revenge, Revenge of the Sith for their favorite. But I, I, I do think that the Phantom Menace is is like the best made one, and 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 because of you know, it's, it's far more practical, um, produced as well. So, I feel like, um, he uh, got a bit bit drunk with power with uh, the old CGI towards the yeah. end. I'm not sure if anyone's ever mentioned that before. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people like to say that the whole prequel trilogy is just CG, but what, and I'm sure you know this, but a lot of people that, and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast know this, but the Phantom Menace had more practical miniatures than all of the original trilogy combined. All right. All right. This is one of my f- most frustrating Star Wars facts. Okay. Because then people go on about, yeah, they're, they're practical models. And it's like, yeah, but they're not, they're not placed, they're not practical effects. Because a practical effect is something that happens on set. 
Yeah. So it, it's like this defense of like, it's got the most, it had the most practical models of any Star Wars film. And it's like, yeah, but the actors weren't around that Geonosian like environment. So it didn't help their acting. Like, like I, I feel like it's undeniable. By the way, there's a sequence in the documentary, the Skywalker legacy that comes on Rise of Skywalker that way I mentioned earlier, where you get to see that Neil Scanlon and his his team, his creature team, created a life-size version of that snake that Ray encounters. Oh, I've heard about that, yeah. And it looks amazing. And like they're they're showing this and during the thing they're like, Oh, we just made this so that the actor has something to work off of. We're gonna CG it. And and like it almost looks good enough. I mean, it, it probably would need some augmentation and stuff like that. But you look at that and you're like, they just made that so that an actor can act off it. it it's actually oh. pretty incredible. I think you'd be impressed. That because that's sometimes stuff like a jab of the heart. Like it's like it's not perfect, but it's Star Wars, and yeah. that and that's sort of like with that light. That's just how a creature looks. They look like rubber. It's one of those rubber skin creatures. But the ironic thing about that, how they got the snake in, is, like, I'm fine with snake sex scene, having a good time. But then when he crawls away and he knocks the the cave open, it feels like the end of a video game stage. Yeah. Like, you've defeated the snake, or you've healed him or whatever, and then it sort of reveals the next portion of the game. Because that is quite a thing that he does just go, hey... Here you go, guys. You, you need a way out? Tailsy's got it for you. But, but I, I do like what that scene is trying to... I, I get what you're saying. Oh, I, no, I, I like the scene. It's just that, like, when he when he goes away, when he crawls off, it sort of... It just seems quite video gamey. Like, yeah, just, yeah. just how he slithers away. But if it was just like this giant rubber thing, I'd just be like, sick. Star Wars. It's awesome. Who doesn't love... Like, like... Poor gullet. How dare anyone speak against that weird thing? <laughs> Although I think was he CGI? Was Poor Gullet CGI? I don't know. I'm sure there was some kind of practical part to it. Hmm. Yeah, you'd have to look it up. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Hey guys, if going behind the scenes of Star Wars journalism is your cup of tea, you should check out our back episodes with the one and only Anthony Bresnikan, formerly of Entertainment Weekly, now with Vanity Fair. In our numerous episodes with Anthony, we go behind the scenes with his workings with Lucasfilm on how all those cover stories came to pass. And you can hear those episodes in full if you join the Steel Wars Patreon. For just $3 a month, you get access to our entire back catalogue, as well as all our bonus episodes, including live comedy festival shows, movie commentaries, and so much more. Over 600 podcasts await you, many of them timeless interviews and comedy commentaries. Your $3 a month goes to the continued production of the Steel Wars podcast and is so appreciated. Check it all out at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. The link is in the show notes. Who's your character throughout all this? You know, everybody always asks that, and I, I don't really have a good answer. As a kid, I loved Darth Vader, and I loved Yoda and R2-D2. 
I, you know, in the Ewoks, I guess I loved all the cute things and the evil thing. Um, I think in the most recent years, really, you know, I, I really love Ray and I, uh, I love what this trilogy does for Ray and Kylo. Ray and Kylo, I, I, I know it's kind of uh, an obvious statement, but like they're, they're, they're kind of a yin yang to them. And I almost feel like it's like two, uh, two halves of the same thing. Um, so I, I, if I had to answer you right now in like today, it would be Ray and Kylo. Really? Yeah, no, I, I, I love them. And I, you know, what? It, talking about the evolution of fandom, uh, I've always loved star Wars and star Wars has always been a huge part of my life, but, uh, something's happened in the last year that has like been crazy. The, the, the opening of galaxy's edge in Disneyland like I feel like has opened. Have you been there? Have I been there? <laughs> uh, a couple times. You couple should times. go down. I've, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen some videos of it on the internet. It looks great. <laughs> um, but I, I've fallen in love with that world so much. And to a level that I, I almost, if you were to ask me what I like more, the galaxy's edge or the movies, I might have to embarrassingly tell you at this point that like the, the, that I love galaxy's edge more. Like it, it's become like that much of a part of my life. And, um, I just love living in that world. And I guess it is an extension of the movie. So it's not one can't exist without the other. Do you know you're acting exactly like you should act when there's a star Wars theme park down the street? <laughs> like it yeah. is like, I, you know, like, let's be honest. You, you do sound like a, a raving lunatic at the same time, but <laughs> I feel like you're just a man at breaking point. You, you sound like this theme park has like fractured your reality. But I, I just feel like what what pressures can a man take? I don't know. You, you, like you dump like like a giant pile of melted cheese out the front of someone's house. They're going to go out and eat some cheese. Like I, I feel like you're just suffering. I feel like you're getting tortured by the Disney company. How many times have you been there? I couldn't even count. Like, um, I've it's, probably been there 40 times, 50 times. I don't know. Real, it's disgusting you've lost count of the amount of times you've been to Disneyland. Like, being from Australia, it was a once-in-a-lifetime. Like, you came back from yeah. school holidays a celebrity in the schoolyard. If you if you had the Disneyland stories, that's who <laughs> I was hanging out with that, that semester. I, I didn't get to go to Oz 23, and it was just outstanding. But to have lost count. Gross. And that's not even as many, many times as I've been to Disneyland. How many times have I been to Disneyland? Uh, I go like, or I had been going like once a week. So. You're getting value out of that pass. But so, do you watch Westworld? Yes. So, so like say um, the man in black and he, he becomes sort of obsessed by the... Um, the narratives and the inner workings and the game within a game. Like, do you see, um, are you worried you're going to be roaming galaxy's edge in 30 years time wearing a, a, a black hat? <laughs> Things might turn I, badly for you. I hope so. <laughs> By the way, did you know that the code word, like the code name for the project galaxy's edge when it was being built at, um, uh, or when Walt Disney Imagineering was working on it, was called Project Delos. Really? Yeah. 
Very cool. That's the, the, the company that runs the theme park in Westworld for, um, yes. for non-worldians. <laughs> um, how, like, obviously you're a huge Disneyland fan. H- how do you think Galaxy's Edge has, has shaped up? Like, obviously it had that, that sort of staggered start, which was, um, you know, a, a bit of a shame for that. Like, I went to it before it opened, and I came out going, yeah, it was, it was good. Like, I didn't have... Like, I'm sure if... From everyone I've talked to that goes on the um, Rise of the Resistance ride, they they come out far more enthusiastic than that. Um, how do you think it's it's all added up? I think that staggered start was a big misstep by Disney. But, like, you know, they wanted to... They wanted to please their stockholders and they thought that, you know, opening the land early would get them, you know, some people for the holidays and some people when it opened in the summer. Uh, and I think, you know, what you saw happen happened where people stayed away because they thought it was going to be so busy or people stayed away because, you know, it was only half open. And why plan your once in a lifetime trip to Disneyland to go to half open Star Wars land? Why would you do that? So you, you wait until the whole thing's open. And now when you go there, it's empty. But before it was empty, before it was closed. <laughs> <laughs> now when you get, went there, it was packed. Like it is now, it now feels like a bustling place. Yeah. I went a few days before it opened and at nighttime it was pretty much empty. And we got to walk up it at night with no one else. And it was... Like, I'm not sure how good the ride is, but walking up there with no one else was, like, very immersive. Very impressive. What, what do you mean, wa- walk up there with no one else? What, what like, I like just walk through Batu, and we couldn't see another person. How, how, how did this happen? I've never, I haven't heard you talk about this. Well, we, a, a listener that works at Disneyland, like mediumly high up. It was sort of like a trial day just to, I don't know, trial the the system they were using to let people into the park. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it was sort of like we just wait around all day for our group to come out to get called. And because we were the last sort of, I think they were doing it in three different um, sort of segments during the day when they, you know, they were also testing out how to clear people out of the park. But they weren't doing one after us. So they just let us go through to nine or something. And so we were just going, like, we were just doing loops of, we did like three loops of the Falcon, like, <laughs> like on and then straight back on. And for the last one, um, one of us was like, oh, I don't want to do it again. And the guy, the, the Disney guy goes, like the guy, the attendant out the front of the ride goes, when are you ever going to be able to walk straight back onto this again? And we're like, yep, back on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so so this rise of the resistance ride, where where is it in your? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go throw out in a limb your top five rides. Does it make your top five? Where does it rank? It it is my favorite ride of all time. Oof. Hey, have have you been on it yet? No. Ah, it it is the thing about rise of the resistance is that it's more than a ride it's it's an it's like a 20 minute 
or depending on how, how long you're like in the lines that it takes to go through, through the thing, it could be like 20 to 30 minute experience. And it, it has, I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen footage or and stuff of that on your Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Um, but it really immerses you in the story in a way that I've never had that happen for any other ride before. And it, it, it really has these like, Oh, shoot moments that like you're like i i can't believe i'm inside a star wars story how does it compare to the immersiveness of the jurassic park ride where once the dinosaurs hit the water (laughs) their legs disappear and it just becomes a trailer um have they have they have they pushed the boundaries (laughs) past that i think so oh my god that it's just like do the rest of the feet (laughs) But no one's ever going to see it. So why do I do? I don't know. Yeah. But you know, it is funny about Jurassic Park, the ride. It, it was just like the movie. It was so far ahead of itself. Like there's still rides that come out today that I don't think are as good of as that ride was. And that was one of the, you know, when did that come out in like the two th- uh, late 90s? I don't know. Some long time ago. In Burbank. Yeah. Which is not so far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, Galaxy's Edge, I, I, I love it. I, I spend so much time there. I've, uh, there's so many, every time I'm there, I still notice new little details and things and references to movies or comics or whatever. Like it really feels like you are in that world. Uh, and, and like any Star Wars fan loving a Star Wars movie, you know, I could give you a list of like 20 things I wish they would improve and fix and stuff like that. So I have my nitpicks and stuff like that too. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to go to Disneyland and not spend time in Galaxy's Edge and just like hang out. Mm. Where do you stand, Peter, on the selling of Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will, mm. inside Batu? I, I've, I've. <laughs> I, the fact that I've seen debate about this on Twitter is um, uh, I saw someone very angry at the Disney company for doing this. I was ah, oh, and, and I'm sort of, uh, I don't know. Well, find a baby Yoda the, at the market. <laughs> well, Galaxy's Edge is set in between the events of The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. And Heard it'll it. always be set then because it would be very hard to retheme that ride into a, a different time period. Uh and they could Disney, transform the Millennium Falcon into the Outrider. Shadows Land. They could. Uh, but the other ride is the hard one to retheme, I think. I think the Millennium Falcon, you could theme, you could, you know, put new games in there to do just, whatever you want. Just every time it's Kylo Ren on Rise of the Resistance, it's Shizor. <laughs> uh, I think uh, no one would get that. Okay. None of, none of the the normal. You know what? I I one of the imagine last the times I was imagine there, the imagine the smell on the ride though. These are the people though. Uh, still, one of the last times I was there, R two D two was walking by or was rolling by me, and a little kid went up and pointed and said, "Look, mom, it's BB eight. <laughs> and I can't tell you how frustrated I was inside. <laughs> Even though it's a little kid, but those are the people, and like the mom didn't correct them. I don't know. 
but uh, uh, you're talking like you saw a mother smoking in a car with a child or something. Should I have said something? I feel like I should have stepped in. I should have, shouldn't I? I mean, I, I feel like it's only the responsible thing to do. To answer your Baby Yoda question, there are lots of places in this land that you can buy things that reference things earlier. So you can go to the marketplace and there's like a toy uh, uh, place there where you can buy like stuffed animals of Yoda and of um, Watto and uh, these creatures that like have predated this time. But you can't buy anything yet that takes place in like the rise of Skywalker. So maybe, maybe at some point you, you'll be able to buy like Ray's lightsaber in Doc Ondar's and will that break the continuity that you're buying it before she, she, she built it. Um, But I, I think the baby Yoda thing isn't that bad, even as like a super nerd that I am because baby Yoda would have existed in the past of this world. Right. Well, there's Yoda. Yeah, so everybody knows Yoda. So how do we know that that baby Yoda or the child or whatever you want to call him won't in the next five seasons of The Mandalorian become famous around the galaxy? Do you know what I mean? Like that he, that he'll become infamous and people will know of him. So th- enough to like, you know, make a stuffed animal in Batu. What does baby Yoda's future hold? <laughs> well, they can't kill him, right? <laughs> He seems pretty protected. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I, in the last season, I took it when when the armor was like, you need to take him to his find his people. I initially took it as, like, they needed to find, like, the, the Yoda homeworld, where all the Yoda creatures live. Oh, I thought they meant Hasbro marketing. Oh. <laughs> okay. Interesting. But... No, but uh, did, did you actually – did you take it as the homeworld or like people have said s- since that to me that people believe that she just meant take it to find like other Force users like Jedi? I – because I'd heard there was going to be Yodas, I always had Yodas in my head. Yeah. But, but I could easily – if someone said, no, she means to f- other Force users, i go, oh, okay, that's – pretty logical as well so i'm not um i'm not taking an ist i'm not going to align my fandom with the <laughs> thought either way i don't, I don't want to be a, a yoderist yeah. or a jedi hey i want to see the yoda home planet just like i saw on like et adventure have you been on that ride universal studios what yeah, and Universal Studios in Florida, they used to have it here, but they replaced it with the Mummy. They have this ride where you get on bikes, and it's like a, a dark ride where you're in the movie E.T., and then at one point you're taking E.T. back to his homeworld. Then you get transported to E.T.'s homeworld, and you meet all these other like E.T. Uh, alien creatures. And uh, there's Magdal. There's um, – <laughs> I forget the name of there's this one guy, when you first appear there, he's, he says, welcome home, you've arrived. Oh, my God. It's still there? Yeah. It's it's the greatest. And I don't think it's ever going to be destroyed because Steven Spielberg uh, told them not to destroy it. So, um, But anyways, that whole ride is awesome that you get to explore E.T.'s homeworld. I am stunned. Oh, I'm going to have to send you a video of this. It It, it is amazing and bad, but amazing. But I want to see Yoda's whole world. That would be pretty dope. I'll be into it. 
Hey, um, so it does sound like you know a lot about theme parks. I do. <laughs> Too much. And you've parlayed this into um, a, a bit of a rarity on the internet. And, and that's a, a happy person doing well on YouTube. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah. Ordinary <laughs> Adventures. How long have you been doing that? And I know you just hit a hundred thousand. Is that is that a galaxy's edge bump? Like we 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 did this park make you? What's going on? See, we we started this channel because I got invited to the the press day for Galaxy's Edge. So, oh no way! It's been that quick. Yeah. Uh, so it was April. It was almost a year ago, and I got invited to that. And I was like, normally I like I get invited to something. I write up like a long article, and we have some photos but people aren't going to want to read and look at photos so i i was like maybe i will learn how to vlog and i can do a video video coverage of the ride or you know of the ride and like the land and trying out the food so we we started the channel for that uh it's it's me and my girlfriend kitra and we mostly do theme park coverage we do a lot of galaxy's edge stuff we do uh, some movie stuff and some just basic nerdery. Um, but, uh, yeah, it started because of Galaxy's Edge and somehow somehow it just took off. I think maybe a lot of people just wanted to see what Galaxy's Edge was about. Um, but uh, it, it took off in a way, a way I wasn't expecting. Like, I posted about this channel on U- on, uh, on Slashfilm and I was expecting... I was, I was honestly, when we started this channel, it it took a long time to get uh, subscribers at first. It was going really, really slow. And I was actually kind of quite disappointed that more of the slash film readers didn't translate over to the YouTube audience. But it turns out that, you know, people that read about movie news and people that want to watch people go to theme parks and have fun are maybe not the same, you know, middle of a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, strangely it, it somehow it took off like uh we, we i did this video of me building a lightsaber that now has over two million views and i i think a lot of people found us through our galaxy's edge content and we yeah we like over the course i think of december we got like twenty five thousand followers like subscribers in like one month or something so it, it was pretty insane did you get one of those little parks i have not yet we have not gotten that i think the coronavirus might have delayed that another victim yes <laughs> people are dying but i i should complain about my plaque <laughs> wrestlemania is going ahead to no one how is that happening like it's gonna happen in like an empty arena yes and they've already taped it wait it it hasn't aired but it's already taped yeah like normally it's like this live to air you know phenomenon and um, it's on this weekend. Um, but if you, you talk about um, like people's you know promo that we we're talking about before marketing and stuff, instead of um, they're doing it over two nights because it's easier to keep people away from you know you got less people in the building. They're doing it without a crowd, but you got less wrestlers or whatever in the building. But instead of like just saying oh it's over two nights because of the the virus, they're promoting it as too big for one night. <laughs> that's just some blind market it's just it's so it's well, so Vince, rad Vince McMahon is like 
the the best like huckster like pt barnum he's just so good (laughs) (laughs) he he knows how to market a virus (laughs) (laughs) i just don't understand like without people reacting to like the interviews and the promos and like someone doing a big move like are they going to like pipe in like audience reaction or something? No, it's going to be very dry because it is, you know, it's like stand up comedy. It, it's so dependent on the audience. It's such a, a give and take. Is it a concern for you, Peter, in uh, your line of work that like news will dry up because nothing's getting made? Uh, um,. I mean, that is a big concern, but I mean, people are always going to want entertainment. Like we're all stuck in our houses trying to binge watch whatever the latest Netflix thing is. Uh, You know, this week, Ozark, last week, Tiger King. Um, I guess eventually we're going to run out of the the stuff that we filmed before the virus. There's only so so many recaps of um, Jimmy Fallon doing the late show or the Tonight Show at home, though. Yeah, he, uh, he hid behind his couch, guys. This is uh, this is out of control. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's no, weird. I, 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 Sometimes I, I see think... like a, a like a a news report come like a like about you know someone signed on to do something, and I'm like, oh, really? Fascinating. Getting on with it. <laughs> um, I can't complain because I still have a job, and I know a lot of my friends don't have jobs. A lot of people, probably you know, in Hollywood, don't have jobs. Right now, and it's not like you know when when you get released from a production that was filming or Peter, something like that. Peter, six what? months ago, most of the people I know in Hollywood didn't have jobs. <laughs> I, I run with uh, a different crowd. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it is affecting like my industry because um, my industry, as I mentioned earlier, you know we we make money off like ninety nine percent of our profit is based on advertising, and it turns out. It turns out that when, you know, Hollywood isn't making things and when people don't have jobs and disposable income, that people aren't advertising stuff to people that don't have income. So the the ad market is kind of tanked. So we're making less money than we, we used to off of the same amount of, you know, visitors to the website or maybe even more because of, you know, the Ahsoka news. Who knows what your banners are going to be advertising in a month's time? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. What is, what is going to be the low point? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Hey, guys. Throughout the years, Steel Wars has put out some banging fan T-shirts from Your Snoke Theory Sucks to the ever- ever current I'm Ray's parents with everything in between this month we've got a special deal normally the t-shirts are $21.95 but if you buy two the price will be $30 that's $15 a t-shirt and these are screen printed not digitally printed on the highest quality ring spun 
seamless t-shirts. Plus, I will chuck in a bunch of Steel Wars stickers, including the brand new Chicago sports reference stickers I just got in, which are also available for separate purchase on the site. It is all available on steelwars.com or merchostore.com. The link is in the show notes. Your support is so appreciated. And now, back to the show. So, Peter, something that we know or we would like to know as we are with every guest, out of the gamut of Star Wars things to come, um, whether it be Disney Plus or at the theme park, um, in film, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, th- that we know about? Yeah. <laughs> or, or are you saying, like, uh, me invent something? No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll start up, we'll, we'll launch into it with what we know about. Um, I think what we know about, I'm most excited for the Star Wars uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. This is the hotel that they're building in Orlando, Florida, um, that will be a, like a, a fully immersive like two-day experience where you stay aboard like a st- it's almost like a cruise but it's not moving it's a hotel and you're in, you're in the star cruiser so you're looking out a window into space and it, it's supposed to be you mentioned Westworld earlier it's supposed to be as fully immersive as Westworld is so it, it's supposed to be like taking the the galaxy's edge experience and, and like you know ratcheting it up to uh whatever and has there been any pricing announced on that stuff? No, it's probably going to be super duper. Like, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be like a thousand dollars a person per, per night. Day. Yeah, per night. I'm guessing. Interesting. But um, maybe Disney won't even have the money to finish that. So who knows? I wonder what sort of people will use that. Like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's. Is it the Uber. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just such an interesting amount of money to spend on something. I, I, I'm. I'm like, could, you, could you ever see yourself spending that much money? No. 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 De- like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a rich person, but I, I think I have enough excuses like you know this youtube channel and slash film that i could write it off as a business expense oh of course <laughs> but i'm guessing they're not going to let you vlog it and, <sighs> and, 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 but that's the thing peter it's like can you separate the enjoyment from the business because you would have a more immersive experience not vlogging it but it would be more profitable for you to vlog it <laughs> But if I don't vlog, vlog it, then did it really happen? It's a compelling point you make. I will tell you one thing: the coronavirus did, did it did impact my life in, in in a big way, and not like uh, again, I'm not complaining. No, this is not a complaint for me whatsoever. Uh, but this this YouTube channel, um, starting next week, we're gonna have nothing. Like we don't, you know, there's no theme parks open to go to there's you know actually there's no place open right like what are we going to do go to the grocery store <laughs> the park so, no, don't, don't even worry about the theme 
park not open? <laughs> We've got to walk past the slides every day. It's brutal. Uh, can't even go down the slide. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, oh, it makes perfect sense. I don't... Um, and uh, Harry's just learned the word dirty, so it's a good chance to... Um, we point at the park and abuse it. We just, like, stand and point at it and go, dirty, 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 <laughs> just to put it in its place. Have you seen the footage um, I saw on Twitter last night of just, like, aerial footage of Disneyland with no one in it? I have. It's crazy. Because you don't that, usually ha- see that during the daytime. How does that make you feel as some place that you love so much? I wish. I wish I knew someone high up enough to like open the gate and let me like walk around dude you <laughs> that's knowing someone on a leonardo level i feel yeah, like that, it's not gonna happen yeah yeah i was watching a youtube video of uh, rise of the resistance the other day because one of the youtubers i follow like uh posted a video of them going on it and i, I commented to Ketra, i was like you know that ride is it's there it's like it's not even in, in california but it's in florida and it's just empty right now no one is experiencing this right now like it just sits there empty it was so sad to me they should be doing all that maintenance now oh yeah so then they they have they can they don't have to keep stopping it all the time later on that's what they should be catching up. i'm not sure if that's how theme park maintenance works but um i'm an idiot (laughs) i'm an idiot with a microphone so my opinion counts as well guys come on hey um peter this has been uh super fun uh chatting with you and um wait 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 before we go what is the thing that is star wars that you're most excited for ryan johnson trilogy you think that's still happening i don't care (laughs) i don't know who knows what's happening dude (laughs) i would i would take on a star wars celebration that's that, that would be i'd if yeah if i could lock something in like you definitely get to do this. Give me Star Wars Celebration in August. Come on. Show me. Show me. Let me you, get down there. You, you know what? I, uh, do you think that's happening? <laughs> that's what I mean. I, 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 I want it to be happening so I can move forward. Like, but I, um, at, at this point in time, like, yeah, like it's sort of like a, you know, an, an, an MFK sort of situation. I would pick, out of all the things in Star Wars to happen, I would go with Star Wars Celebration for its worldwide, like, butterfly effect and what that would mean for the world if people could fly to go to a Star Wars convention. So I, I am, um, I, oh, unlike smart. you, that are thinking about the elite <laughs> in well, their high-paying... I was, high I was paying, thinking about myself and, yeah. I'm here for the... I'm, I've used my Star Wars wish for the good of the people, people of the world. So, um... You and your ivory tower enjoying the uh, your YouTube views, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, if I, yeah, I, that, that's what I'd be most interested in out of um, everything would be a starting from scratch, what you got, um, sort of thing because I, I, I'm as much as I love the original trilogy. I just feel like we have to stop referencing it for a little bit and let's see some creativity. Yeah. Like some, like true, like break the mold. Here's some new stuff and let's go 10 years. Um, 
let the good people know of the internet where they can uh, track down your work, buddy. Yeah, you can find me at Peter Soretta on Twitter. You can find me at SlashFilm.com and the YouTube channel that we talked about. If you like Star Wars and you want to see like our adventures to Batu, you can find a lot there. Like we do some some crazy stuff. Like we go through like a lot of the stuff they sell and point out all the ridiculous uh, merchandise that they that references like like super minuscule things from like the prequel trilogy and stuff. And that is at Ordinary Adventures on YouTube. Are they like? Like yeah, like at 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 um In and Out, they have like the secret menu. Is there like a secret menu of phrases or something to say to people in Batu, and they'll give you a certain response? Or is there is is there anything going on like that? We we do have a video on like there's a whole vocabulary in Batu, but I'm not sure if it's like so secret. Okay. Like there's like to say like good morning, it's uh, bright suns. You may have, may have heard some cast members say that. So they'll they'll be saying bright suns. Uh, if you um, people say goodbye, the way they say goodbyes, to, uh, or a fa- uh, there's a farewell greeting. Uh, it's like till the spire. The translation for frosted beverage is twelve dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I was wondering if there was maybe like secret questions you could ask them, like maybe about the resistance or something, or. And they'd have like a, a programmed response. I get confused with Westworld. Hey, did you go to the solo premiere? I did. So I went to that. That's the only one I've ever been to. Very fun. Thrilling. Thandie Newton must have invited some of her Westworld friends. And because I don't watch a large amount of television, I've only ever seen them as robots on Westworld. <laughs> so yeah. we, we were just like, oh, there's a robot over there. So credit to their acting, or I'm an absolute idiot. But um, it was quite unnerving. You know, speaking of solo, can, can I bring up? Um, I always like to like ping you with like things that bug me about the Last Jedi. Gotcha. Can I ping, ping you with one 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 thing to think about? I'm be be my guest, literally and figuratively. So at the end of that movie, Luke Skywalker goes over to Leia and hands her the golden Sabacc dice that were hanging in the Millennium Falcon, which is, was a gift from Han Solo's uh, previous girlfriend. Why? Were they a gift? Yeah. In Solo, a Star Wars story. They were, they were, they were gifted to him from, from what, whatever her name is. Uh, Kira. Um, yeah. Kira. Didn't, he didn't give them to her, then got them back. Now you're making me think about this. I don't know. Either way, it was a gift from his his ex-girlfriend. Oh, it does tie in. And the thing about that is... Isn't it, that weird? Oh, yeah. But then the whole thing... The, the, those... The, like, the dice... I don't know. They were doomed. Because Ryan Johnson write, wrote that into the script because J.J. Abrams put him in to The Force Awakens. But I think it must have been, um, I'm blanking, Kasdan, that was all about the dice. Oh, probably. Because then he had that, you know, he writes solo and he's gone, oh, it's it's dice ring theory. They're all over the shop. This, this, this is the dice saga. And then it gets edited out. So it's sort of like the big connective tissue between <laughs> this dice gets like edited out of the film. It's 
And it is weird the dice. Yeah, you're that... talking about there was originally a deleted scene where he like walks up to the dice and like looks at them or something. No, he, I, I believe it's after you know when he you know when he walks back onto the Falcon and he's like, oh yeah, Falcon, I'm gonna lean against something. <laughs> yeah, there's a deleted version where he hangs his dice back up. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and um, yeah, so sort of establishing the dice into the timeline as it were because i'm i've never seen them in any of the movies were they not in the original trilogy at all? oh no i'm not doubting they're there i've just never seen them you know what i'm saying so it's yeah the dice is um it's a tangled web when we try to put that thing but so where did that dice come from oh my god I'm, i don't know it also seems weird too with Solo because I always assumed that the the gold dice were like the dice that he used to win the Millennium Falcon. So he like, you know, cover, you know, had them encased in gold. Ah, but that turns out not to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> dice gate. You got yeah, to get, get a scoop on this dice. Um. Yeah, that is odd when you. Th- Think well. What about that? L three is in the Falcon. Trat sad, according to the book. Is that sad, or is it like she's now forever? Well, I guess she's not with Lando anymore. Yeah, so she is trapped. And, and like her whole character wanted to be like this free, you know, liberated robot, and now she's like trapped in a spaceship. I kind of wish that Lando got the Millennium Falcon at the end of Rise of Skywalker. That would have made me feel a little bit better about that one. Yeah. Stuff, it's it's a real, um, <laughs> possession is like 9.9 tenths of the lore in Star Wars. The way these droids and ships get handed around. It, it is kind of funny how much like slavery plays a part of these movies and we don't really talk about it. It's best we don't. It's best we don't, Peter. <laughs> and, and and check out the Slash Film Podcast because it um, it, it's, it's a really uh, fun listen and I get to keep up on, on non-Star Wars news, which is my least favourite of all the news. Um, <laughs> Sometimes but, we have Star Wars news too. I know, I know. But um, hopefully, um, listen, get out there, get sniffing for some, some Masters of the Universe scoops and some mask scoops. Let's get them. Let's get them on the big screen, please. Uh, but thanks so much, Peter. And may that force be with you. Hey, you guys! Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our super fun interview with uh, Peter from Slash Film. I had a ball. I very much enjoy chatting Star Wars with Peter. Make sure you check out Slash Film Daily. Uh, his podcast and Ordinary Adventures, the YouTube channel for all your Galaxy's Edge action. And uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter because he's always uh, breaking movie news of all types, including those sweet, sweet Star Wars scoops. What do you reckon that casting news he could be working on would be? Oof. So, so good. Hey, uh, if you've got any feedback on this episode, you've got any questions... 
about what was talked about, you can hit us up on the Steel Wars Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Leave a comment on this episode and I will answer that comment or question on a future Q&A episode of our Patreon exclusive show. Questions you have, answers I give. And of course, on the main feed, we are putting a bit more Patreon content on just during this whole bizarreness of the virus because I want everyone to have stuff to listen to. If uh, you know whether they can um, support the podcast or not, um, I, I just yeah. So we're just putting a little bit more on, so there's a bit more of a steady stream. But if you join the Patreon, trust me, you are going to have your ears filled with um, a lot of timeless interviews with, with so many people throughout the uh, throughout the years. Ben Mendelsohn, come on, what an interview! Our interviews with details, who was a uh, a creature performer on all of the Disney Lucasfilm films, except maybe The Rise of Skywalker, which is um, a bit of a bummer. But uh, we'll follow up on a future episode with D because it's always fun to talk to him. Um, if you want to go right back behind the scenes of The Force Awakens, one of the most insightful podcast we ever did was with Julian Smirk, who was a associate editor, assistant editor on The Force Awakens. He actually picked up the film from the airport and drove it to Bad Robot. How weird's that? But he's got so many awesome stories about working with J.J. Abrams on The Force Awakens and also clears up some misconceptions of what people thought were happening in the film. Some of which he was uh, a bit gobsmacked that people could think that. So uh, if you sign up for the Patreon, $3 for the month, you can go back and listen to that and so much other stuff. And uh, your support is so, so valued and appreciated. So thank you to all our patrons. Um, also... On the Patreon feed and the normal feed, there is a new Star Wars You by podcast with Hawes and I going through the Star Wars history of 1980. And there's two new episodes up. The first part of 1980 is up on both feeds, um, the normal feed or the Patreon feed. And then the second part, the middle slice of 1980 with the release of The Empire Strikes Back and all the news around it is exclusive to the Patreon feed. But if you haven't listened to one of those episodes before, it is so much fun to do. It's just two mates going through Star Wars history. Tangents are plenty. We talk Star Wars from all eras in the end and um, laugh our way through it. It's, it's ridiculous fun. It's the best. So check that out. If you're on iTunes, give us a sweet five-star review. Bumps us up the ranking. Let's other listeners know we're doing good stuff and makes me feel warm inside. And of course, if you're not already following us, Steel Wars on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and um, sharing, um, adding to stories, retweeting. That, that really, just to get us that one extra listen. If everyone did that, 
would double our numbers. That is simple math. There's no trick to it. It's just a simple trick. Anyway, you guys, um, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Let us know what you think, either on the Patreon comments or on social media. Please try it. Spread the word. Stay safe. Stay sane. And may that force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.